The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome to George's Box. I'm JJ. He's Scott. It's a good day to be a Yankees fan. And guess what? This week's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. We'll talk more about them later. Scott Reinen. What's up, JJ? How we doing? Not too much, man. Me and you, we don't get to uh, to interface that much in a public fashion, I feel like. In a public fashion? I mean, yeah, no, like we, we, ta- we talk a we lot talk. behind the scenes. Yeah. But no, like, probably not. I mean, you were just on my show this past I, week. I know. I know. It's been nice. We're getting a lot of each other. People are getting a lot of the JJ and Scott, you know, pairing. Yeah, no, it's been good. I mean, uh, yeah, we should set how, uh, Should we set up more opportunities? Yeah, like spring training. We're going to do some stuff together. I'm That's very happening. excited for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. Maybe we got to send Andrew on vacation more often. <laughs> I mean, he, he goes on a two week honeymoon to the other side of the world. Part of me was surprised that he came back. Where was your honeymoon? My honeymoon. We did a uh, we did a cruise out of New Orleans and went down into like Mexico and then all the way down to Costa Rica and a couple other places. We wanted to do something where we didn't have to think and something took us to places. Yeah. And that okay. was uh, we both actually like some people like cruises. Other people don't like cruises. I do not. I've a, never I'm been big, on one. I'm a big cruise guy. I like it. It's a lot really? of fun for me. Yeah. Oh, it's a Greyhound bus of the sea. Oh, I love it. I was in the nah. ping pong uh, tournament uh, on the on the boat. They drop. They me have off. those they on land. Me, um, they give me not 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 in places that I go to. Um, Everything that you can do on a cruise, you could do at a resort or in like Las Vegas. Yes, that's but true. But without, if like one person gets diarrhea, everyone doesn't get diarrhea. But on cruises, it's just like diarrhea on the water. Yeah, you're right. In Vegas, it's syphilis or herpes. It's different. It's a different ailment. There are I different w- things that happen. You have to I think was about just these- in Vegas. I yeah. just got back from Vegas. I mean, you don't, know, you don't know what you have yet. <laughs> some, some of these things take time. It was my first bachelor party as a dad, and I was, fi- I was that guy who like, I was like, all right, I'm going to bed. Like yeah. every bachelor party, there's someone who's just like looking to go to sleep. 
I took an Advil PM at midnight on Saturday. Like the night hadn't even started for my friends. I was like, all right, see you guys later. <laughs> if you do that, that's a that's a good move because if you do that, then you kind of have no – there's no choice. Like it's already happening now. It's there's in, no turning back. Things are in motion. Yeah. No, I had – I went to – I got out there Thursday night, a couple drinks. Friday, we were supposed to play golf at 11 a.m. And mm-hmm. I signed up to play. Like, yeah, I'm playing golf because it's a bachelor party, whatever. But on Thursday night, someone goes, the van leaves at 8.30. We got to be down there at 8. I was like, no, 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 no. I thought I was going 20 minutes to play golf. I am, I'm here to sleep. I have a two-month-old. So I didn't do that. Then I went to the Bellagio instead with two of my buddies, and we did the all-you-can-drink buffet until we were flagged. And I didn't realize how drunk I was on Friday until Saturday. Right. And it was just like one of those days, like I just couldn't get it going. Like I was drinking, nothing's happening. I'm just tired. So then, yeah, I went to my room. I took an Advil PM. Um, it was high as shit. And then uh, right away, someone was like, sent me a pic. I was sent a couple of pictures trying to entice me to leave my room and come downstairs. And I will leave it at that. But I was just like, the horse has left the barn. <laughs> There's nothing. I can't pull the trigger on this. If you want me to go fall asleep, I could go do that anywhere. There have been a few. So the last the last bachelor party I went to was in New Orleans. That was relatively tame because we're all old now. And it was like some of the guys tried to rally and like get it going and like try to like bring it back. But it didn't really happen. You know, like they just they would just be on an island hammered, drunken, drink, uh, dr- uh, drinking and dancing by themselves and looking like idiots. Um, and then and then everybody would just go to the to the strip club <laughs> like that's that's what that's basically what happened yeah a um, couple a couple before that like i got really good at the irish exit for a little bit when i had to leave like there was just no there was just no doubt that i needed to leave like when i saw a particular person walk up to the bar at a particular time at night i would go the other way because i know what's going to happen at that moment yeah, yeah that's, that person's coming back with a dozen shots that you yeah, don't need right yeah. exactly so i've had people like leech on to me like seeing me just slowly starting to disappear into the shadows and they're like, no, 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 I'm going with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, when I left too, my buddies left too. Yeah. And one guy, he had never been to Vegas uh, with us. The other one, I do a trip every year. I go for the Super Bowl every year. This one just became a bachelor party. And uh, I was like, no, no, here's what's going to happen. And I laid out what was going to happen and people didn't believe me. And I left. And then the next morning everyone was dead and I had laid out exactly what happened. Um, so that was my Super Bowl. You do anything for the Super Bowl? No, as a Jets fan. As a Jets fan, no, no, no. It's I mean, it's a <laughs> as a Jets fan, it's it doesn't even count. I mean, I, it's the last that the last time I ever even thought about a Super Bowl was when Bart Scott went into uh, Pittsburgh and they needed you know maybe another six minutes on the clock and I think they would have won that game, but the clock ran out and uh, and dreams were were cut short. But no, I did absolutely nothing. I tried to actually make something in the instant pot was my first attempt at this. And it was not good. It's not, (laughs) not a good, not a good thing. Luckily it was just for uh, Bevan, me and you know, Kemp, if it turned out. Okay. Um, And that was it. So that was, that was our Super Bowl. I mean, the kids got to go to sleep, you know, it's like if I, if I want to go out for the Super Bowl and like enjoy myself, that means that he's got to stay awake well past when he's supposed to. And then the next day is a disaster. And honestly, it's just not worth it. Totally makes sense to me. I'm learning a lot of being a new dad about like a lot of shit just doesn't matter because I just need some sleep. Right. 
Like that's just what it comes down to. So you're the last guest on my cavalcade of stars that I've been rolling out here to just try to get, you know, a little buzz for some of the other Bronx pinstripes people, try to reestablish this show as what it was meant to be, which is really just a silly goose time with a little Yankees uh, mixed in there. Next week, I'm starting with uh, Nick Kirby. Nick Kirby was our choice. Yeah, man. I'm excited for that. I, I think you guys are going to do some awesome things. I think uh, he's he's a fun kid, man. He really is. He's a crazy, crazy fan. So uh, it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited it worked out because we were talking about him. And it was like he came on here. It was like an interview, but he didn't know it was an interview. Right. Which yeah. Which was kind of like awkward for... It was awkward for me in the moment because you could tell he was like, well, I know you're going to need a co-host. And then he's also talking to you about how good he was doing, but we couldn't say anything to him until we all got together. Yeah. So it was fun to bring that news. So I've done this with everyone, but I'd like to get because I don't know when we get so much into what's going on currently with the Yankees and, um, you know, and just like the business side of of Bronx pinstripes. And by business side, I mean, how do I make your life a headache? Um, and maybe get you, you know, potentially sued at times. But um, how how'd you become a Yankee fan? You live in Virginia Beach, but you're from North Jersey. Central Burton Jersey County, doesn't exist. No, Central Jersey does not exist. North Jersey to me is the is the top right pocket of, of New Jersey. Um, and then everything else is, you know, it, I mean, when I grew up there, it was non-existent because you don't really travel outside that unless you go to the shore. So there was North Jersey and then there was the shore. That was what was in my uh, in my world, and then the city, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, I grew up in a town called Ridgewood, New Jersey, which is no traffic. You could get to Yankee Stadium in like twenty five minutes, um, down seventeen and Route Four across the bridge. And um, yeah, I, I grew up there, going to the stadium a lot. My my grandfather had a, had the Sunday ticket, the Sunday uh, season pass. So we was it was uh, you know a few cousins jockeying for position to get into that to that game um, when he when he would go and not take uh, his son. So that's how I became a Yankees fan. I didn't have cable either, so I would listen to WPIX. And yeah. Scooter, Scooter, Tom Seaver, and uh, um, who was the third guy? It was Scooter and Tom Seaver and um, – ah, why is it losing my – but, yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of um, fuzzy television. Catching that WPIX. Yeah, I, didn't, I grew up, I didn't have cable either. Yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how it works. You know, sometimes well, you don't have cable. I grew up on an island, like City Island. It's an island, so there just cable just wasn't there. Like when I was very young, cable didn't exist because they didn't they didn't run the lines or whatever, um, and that was the excuse for like a long time. And then I just realized we were just poor. Like we just didn't have it because my parents were like, "We're not spending that on you guys." Yeah, I mean, and some of the games were on MSG. They started going a lot more of them went on MSG um, once that deal, whenever the hell that deal was. And then, uh, so less and less would be on WPIX. Yeah. So I started listening to, at that point, it was 770. And that was uh, WABC Radio when Sterling and Kay were tag teaming the um, the radio broadcast. This is before Susan Waldman. Wow. My girl. Your my girl. pen pal. Yeah. I got I got to email her. Um, yeah. It's Phil Rizzuto on WPIX was the best. And I don't know if I recently talked about this on a show or I was just talking about it in general to someone. Um, but you remember when he would just get bored of a game and leave? Yeah. Like he'd, he'd oh, he would, traffic. He would, he would beat the traffic. He's, he would say that his wife get, will get mad at him if he doesn't get home. And he did that quite often. He would just absolutely leave the booth. You, could you imagine if they did that today in a, with, with the social media era and, and uh, one of the announcers just 
picking up and leaving? Well, he didn't just pick up and leave. He would tell his wife on the air, I'm on my way home. Like, he would announce it on TV to her. And I could see Paul O'Neill doing that. Or if it was, like, a 1 o'clock game and it's going to extra innings and he has, like, a twilight tea time that he doesn't want to miss, I could see him just skipping out. Like, hey, you got this, Mike. There, there, was, a, there was a thing with, with Rizzuto where he, you know, he was that fun-loving guy, right? Everybody had... He was a character. I mean, everybody loved him from, obviously, the playing days with the Yankees. Uh, then he was a broadcaster for a very long time. And he was pretty much the guy that just could do no wrong. Like, you can't criticize Phil Rizzuto because he's Scooter. He's, he's yeah. you know, holy cow. Like, you can't you can't go in and criticize that guy no matter what because he was like 95 years old towards the end of it, too. I mean, I don't know how old he actually was, but he was not young. He was doing it for a very long time. So you grew up going to the stadium with your grandfather. You, you know, I, you know, I assume at a certain point start making the trip with, you know, your dirtbag friends from Jersey who, who could make the trip when you're in high school or something like that. But then you went to college in the South. In the South. I mean, it's not, I wouldn't, I don't really call it the South, honestly. It's South of it's South Trenton. of Jersey. It's yes. South. It's very different. It's like, so the, it's a mil, it's a military town, which is why it doesn't get, it's not like SEC country in the sense where there's huge accents and there's a lot of people there from Jersey, a lot of people from Jersey. Like there's a, I went to school with a ton of people from Jersey, uh, people from New York and like all my friends are from Jersey, New York, Northern Virginia, like the DC area. Where'd you go again? JMU? Uh, Old Dominion. Old Dominion. In Norfolk. Okay. Yeah. But like Norfolk, that's. Norfolk's a, there's a, you know, the biggest Navy base on the East coast is in Norfolk. But, like, I, and I say the South not from necessarily, like, you know, you're eating grits every day, but more like you're far from Yankee Stadium. Yes, very far from Yankee Stadium. And I did not know where grits were until I got here. I didn't know how to pump my own gas until I got down here. That's a thing I, my wife still struggles with, being from Jersey. It was, uh, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was sitting in the car like, where's the guy? Where's the guy? <laughs> <laughs> where, where's, the, where's the guy that's going to come do it? The guy never came. The guy That's never crazy. came. That's crazy. Um, so you went down there and you met your wife down there. Have you just lived down there since you were like 18 years old? Yeah, so I've been floating back and forth, um, but, you know, a lot of summers up. And then uh, my all my family's still up in uh, New York, Jersey. My mom actually just moved from, she did 25, maybe 30 years in the Waldwick, New Jersey uh, school system. And she just moved away from Jersey a couple of years ago back down to Bethany Beach in Delaware to retire and, and kind of live her best life down there, which I'm very proud of her for, for breaking out of Jersey. Just going to secrets and partying? I, I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, she's she's having a good time. But um, it's it, it's funny because I it's like her going to college. She never went to college. She went to like secretarial school, right? And it's basically like her going to college right now. So she's... You know, she's single. She's moving down there into a new place, like meeting the people, like going out. She's got more of a social life than I do. So now it's the, the, the roles are reversed a little bit, making sure she's home safely sometimes and you know, <laughs> making sure we, we touch base every, uh, you know, every so often so that there's not a long uh, period of, uh, of, of no talking. So with, with at least one of my siblings. So, but, so you said you were going back and forth, but like you didn't have, like you never like lived in New York in your twenties, you no, know, where you're just going to like 30, 40 games or whatever. Nope. Nope. I would, uh, I would come back up a lot. I would visit a lot and, uh, but I would just do day trips. I mean, I, 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 I would drive up all the time. So I would drive up and down up, up, uh, route 13 
and then up a turnpike. Like I can't even tell you how many damn times I would go. Like, oh, a, a lot. It was, uh, it was, you know, a couple times a month sometimes. So, like, trying to get your fix of Yankees living down there. Obviously, you know, like, was it because you're only you're a couple of years older than me, but technology has changed so fast. Like, I had to get um, was it like MLB TV when yep. I went to college, like. Is that how you got by? Is that how you got your fix? Or were you going to like a radio website? No, I, mean, I don't remember back. In, like, I, I honestly don't remember how that happened. How I got things back in my 20s because I was drunk. But the uh, ever since MLB TV was a thing, I had it and, and would and would watch games. Um, so, yeah, I would watch it consistently through there. I remember watching that like all the time. And it, it used to be when it first came out, there was a delay, like a pretty bad delay, like almost a minute. Yeah. And, and it sucks because, you know, when I started Bronx Pinstripes, you know, 2010 and I'm trying to tweet, you know, during the game and things like that. Sometimes like the things would be delayed, uh, you know, and it was tough to do that unless it was on nationally broadcasted because the delay was so long. So, you know, it was constantly refreshing and making sure I had high Internet speeds and all that stuff. So you perfectly segued in my next question. Where Bronx Pinstripes come from? Like, because if we look at it, you know, 10 years ago. When you started this, you're a 30 year old man. Yep. I, I I don't know if you were married yet or not. I don't think you were. Were you? I got I got married in 2011, so I had just gotten married uh, bef- afterwards. So I mean, it okay. started like before. You know, there were some semblances, uh, and it was the website was called NYY Universe uh, before it was Bronx Pinstripes, and then I got a cease and desist from the Yankees and MLB saying that nyyuniverse.com was too close to Yankees universe. Like this was back in the day when they were sending cease and desist for everything. But like, did they offer you anything? Like, Hey, this is close. We want the domain. We'll give you anything. Yeah. No, they, they offered, they offered to pay me whatever I had paid for the domain back, uh, back until, you know, from when I owned it. So all, all um, accrued, costs since that day 999 that check never came i never got that check they said they were doing it but they never i never saw saw one red cent from them so basically what it was was you know an opportunity to not get sued and then change your name so um that's when i i you know took it back to the team whoever it was at that point andrew and a couple other people and we came up with some names and bronx pinstripes came out of it we all agreed that, that was the name we wanted. We liked. We thought it was good. It was, you know, like a uh, slang version of New York, slang version of Yankees, essentially. So you could be a very. It was a very good descriptor of both of those. And um, and then I ran up by the lawyers at MLB because those are the ones that were threatening to sue me. And at least said, you had a contact to check with. Yeah, I I got in touch with her many times actually after this. I I used this to my advantage. And uh, and then I was like, are, will you sue me or come to after me if I have this? And they said, no. I said, all right, thank you. So what made you like even want to like start this whole thing? You know, like, cause if I have friends who think like what I do is weird, like, what are you doing? You're on the internet, you're tweeting, you're doing a podcast. Like, don't you have anything else to do with your time? And yeah. I've always done it. You know, I did it through a channel. Dave Portnoy created it. I'm doing it through a channel that you created. Like I've never had the create the channel in me. What, right. what made you want to do that? It was just to, I mean, the first thing I started was the Twitter account and the Twitter account, 
you know, back then I was just using it to talk to people, just talk Yankees, because like you said, I had to get that fix. That was how, that was why it started. Really. I was like dabbling in graphic design at that time. And I wanted a way to practice. Um, and, and this was just a creative outlet for me and just something that I enjoy doing. It's a hobby. It's been a hobby ever since. I mean, it's, if this become if this doesn't, if this isn't fun for me, if this becomes not fun, I will stop doing it. Um, you know, we're not all here for, for, for the money at, at all. We, we, we generate money to, to kind of put back into the machine and do things and, and, and create stuff. But it's, it's a passion play. It's something that, that's always been fun. And, and that was why it started. It was started because I wanted to interact with more Yankees fans that knew what they were talking about. And I couldn't find that as much around me. I had that when I was in college and then a little bit after because a lot of my friends were from that area. Um, were from were Yankee fans and like from the area or they were Red Sox fans from the Boston area and we would just go back and forth a lot a lot of baseball talk uh, but then people started moving away and 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 you know getting jobs and going back home or doing whatever and that that kind of dissipated so that's why that's why it started really interesting and I was because... writing I was doing some of the writing on there and then Andrew was the first guy that came on to do some of the writing and uh you know, I like writing, but it takes me too long to do, do it. Do you? I was going to say, I was going to ask you, you never write anymore. I don't. It, Cause it takes me too long. Like I'm very anal retentive about what I, what I write. And it just takes me a long time to like formulate stuff. And it's just not worth my, it's just, it's just not, I'm better using my time for other things. And people are probably a better writer than I am. And it would take too long. So that's why I don't do it very often. I, w- I would like to, but I say I will. And then I just don't. The money thing's funny. Like, cause when we explain to people that it's a hobby, like people always ask, like people ask and it's weird to ask for this when you wouldn't just ask for like my regular career, like how much money you make doing that? Yeah. I think I, I told someone, I was like, oh, I looked out, I actually lost money doing this last year. And they're like, what do you mean you lost money? I'm like, go to a lot of games. Like this is my excuse. Like, yeah, maybe I get a free ticket, but I don't get a free $400 hotel room. <laughs> like I was, I was flipping the bill for, for Bronx pinstripes before we be able, we were able to like generate enough to cover all of our costs and things like that. But I was, I was paying for it for years. Yeah. Five, six years probably. Because honestly, like when I was doing it also, revenue was never really a, uh, was never on the forefront for, for me for doing things. I wanted to create, you know, just again, it was a creative thing. Like I am, I'm a creative guy in the sense that I like to, to, to dabble in, uh, in graphic design and, and do things like this. I'm interested in digital media and it was a way for me to learn a lot of stuff. Susie or, Jorge, I think that was Susie. Susie, yeah, and Susie. um, and it was a it was a way for me to get experience in doing other things, um, by figuring things out myself, and, and you know, not not working for a, a a team or a brand or something that I would get probably annoyed with. So it was just a, a creative outlet. <laughs> now you built your own team that you can get annoyed with. Yeah, 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 basically. Well, you bet on yourself, so that's good. Since we're talking betting, we're going to take a quick break and tell you about our brand new sponsor, Bet Online. Did you miss your chance to bet on the Chiefs? Personally, I didn't. I bet on them. Go me. Um, fear not, listener. Uh, Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win big no matter what time of the year. With March Madness, the Masters, Major League Baseball opening day right around the corner, Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free. No sign up. Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bets on Super Bowl 2021. Head over to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE. That's BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up. It's super easy. And if you're not making wager, and if you're all, 
If you're already making wagers, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word when you sign up, betonline.ag. Bring the best bets home with BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That was pretty clean for a first ad read. I stumbled a little, but that's natural. I'm not re-recording that. That's That's good. good. That's what the people need. Listen, you've been listening to George's Box. It's been just under a year, and it takes so long for podcasts to really grow and, like, hit their stride and to get ads. Like, so many podcasts don't get ads. If you get – I read a thing. If you get 5,000 downloads, you're in the top 1% of podcasts because there are so many. So, if you're doing a little online betting, and this isn't anything that they've asked me to read, go to betonline.ag. Give them a try. Blue Wire – as your promo code, they're going to give you a 50% bonus. Let's start gambling. Start being, gambling, I, baby. It's practically legal everywhere now. So but, do but do it responsibly. But do it responsibly. Yeah, don't don't be an ass. Very responsibly. Responsibly. Within, I'm wait- within your means, whatever, whatever you're, uh, you're, you're good to lose, that's what you bet. I'm waiting for, you know, we have this uh, Sailor Jerry partnership that yep. I know I've mentioned on here. Have you guys mentioned it on your show? Yes. Uh, not Not like formally, but yeah, in passing we have. Yeah, so I'm waiting uh, for the content that we're making with them. Like, I've got to ask, because we've been hammering out some other things. I have to ask, like, what are the things that I definitely can't say? And I need that in a list that I can read many times over before you start feeding me Sailor Jerry's. <laughs> like, I need to hammer this in. Like, drink responsibly. Do I have to say drink responsibly every three minutes? Yeah. No, it's it's definitely one of those things that you got to – because it's a different thing. Because when you're talking about liquor and alcohol, they have their own little – you know, their own little world of, of uh, restrictions and, and liability and all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. All the best advertisers, things. though, are vices. Like, I mean, I guess if it was like Dollar Shave Club or, you know, like whatever, any one of those things, it'd be like, yeah, shave responsibly. No, you don't have to say that. But betting responsibly, drinking responsibly, everyone should do it. So, I know, obviously, host of the Bronx Pinstripe Show comes out every Monday. And what do you guys do? Also, Thursdays in season? Yeah, I, f- I totally forgot about this last year when we were talking about it, and I said the wrong days like for a, a couple weeks, actually. Uh, Mondays and Thursdays, that's when we, that's when we release. We release, uh, we usually record Sundays, and then, um, and then yeah, Wednesday nights. So we do it usually after the games. Like we're, I don't know how long that's going to be able to go, but we do it. We've been doing it after the games every time uh, on, on, uh, on those Wednesdays. And a lot of times there's, there's an off day, so or it's a it's a getaway day because there's an off day on Thursday. So sometimes they'll have uh, a day games, which which helps out. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, we've been doing it for this is now we're at 400 episodes. 400 I think plus. I was on the 400th episode. You were on like 401, something like that. I I remember it was a number that I was like, damn, it was just 300. Yeah, yeah. You guys we, and we, them out. We put out a bunch, you know, two a week during the during the season, and then during the playoffs, we record one after every single game. Um, usually it's if we're, cause I was at pretty much every game except for, I think one of them in the ALCS, uh, the home games at least. So we would go out yeah. to the old Yankee stadium and record out there, which is awesome. Um, that was a lot of fun to do that this year. We got some, uh, we up, upgraded our, uh, our tech a little bit and got some of those mobile mics that they actually came out pretty good. It worked out well. That's it right. Fun, fun doing I, it though. I learned a little bit about myself and my drinking habits at the first one of those this year. Yeah. I don't even well, remember being on your show. Um, so, yeah, go check that out on iTunes, ev- everywhere. Everywhere you get podcasts, that's where it is. Scott and Andrew have been doing this for a long time. Uh, they give a more of a like in-depth, 
I would say even sometimes analytical look at the game. But you guys have been getting funny. I see the clips. I don't yeah. listen. I don't listen to any Yankees podcast, and some people don't like this. And I should maybe listen to your guys so we can get some crossover stuff. But I don't because I worry about like subliminal, like subtly stealing ideas, bleeding into yeah. And yeah, you, I understand you, don't, you know, and you don't want to do that. Um, so there hasn't been a ton of Yankees news this week, so we don't have really a ton to talk about. But in general, from like the off season, what what do you think about what we've done? Do you think we're done? I think uh, unless this Arenado thing happens, which is to me, it's just it's very difficult to wrap my head around that actually happening. Uh, it's seemingly if that doesn't happen, then, yeah, I think we're, we're practically done for all. You know, there may be a smaller move here or there, a veteran guy added, you know, once cuts are made. I could see something like that. Like they they just already announced all the, you know, the non-roster invites and uh, and the guys are going to be coming in. And there's just there's a lot of catchers a lot of old catchers yeah. and a lot of right-handed relievers you know old, older guys that we've you know maybe been accustomed to uh or, or chris ionetta i had no idea he was still playing yeah yeah no there's clue. there's there's a there's a there's like three guys in the damn near 40 years old coming battling for those those catchers jabs in uh, in scranton essentially well so i did see this yesterday on maybe it was on twitter what do you think about getting Chris Bryant? Again, I just don't. So these things are just like fantasy to me. They they seem so unrealistic, and I, I said this on our show. Obviously, the Stanton thing was extremely unrealistic as well. But even when you look back at that, there were circumstances that were in play that kind of made some sense to me because the Yankees were setting themselves up at that point. Everybody in the Yankees world, as a fan, you thought the Yankees were setting themselves up for Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. Yeah. What I think happened was at that point, Brian Cashman saw value, saw an opportunity that wasn't expected when Jeter came saying, hey, I will give up Stanton for X and you have to take the contract. When you look at the three contracts with Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, and Giancarlo Stanton, Stanton's actually the deal in there. Yeah. And I think that there was a decision at that point where we're going to make an opportunity. We have to just, we're not going to compete with anybody. We know we can land this guy for marginal, you know, uh, Starling Castro and prospects, not good prospects. And we can land, you know, a former MVP. So I think that happened, but there were circumstances were different. Whereas like now Arenado or Chris Bryant, it's different circumstances. We already landed the big fish. We got the guys like everybody. The team is essentially set. So this would throw a very big, you know, I think it's an upgrade, but it's a, it's a, it's a wrench. It's you know, a good wrench, but it's yeah. a lot of money to add a, a guy at this point. Well, I think if we got Chris Bryant, we have to trade Tyler Wade because then Tyler Wade has no value because he's not even the hottest guy on the team anymore. I think he's so impacted you, the most. Really? Have you seen Chris Bryant's eyes? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. You, Chris Bryant's eyes? Do yourself a favor at home. Google Chris Bryant's eyes, and then in 20 minutes when you find yourself unlost from them, because you <laughs> will be, Google Chris Bryant wife, and then you'll be like, what? How did that happen? High school, she, high school sweetheart. I have. Yeah, yeah. He he got high school sweethearted. Yeah, and the that sweetheart. Happens. Yeah. The uh, so I you know I don't think I've noticed. I don't think I've ever said to myself that's a good looking dude. Like I, I have no problem saying that. I'm very confident in myself. Um, Tyler Wade. Tyler Wade's a good looking kid. Like I I, I can I can yeah. absolutely you know say that. Chris Bryant. I haven't. I never thought of that. 
So yeah, no, no, he's he's a dreamboat. I think it's one of the problems actually with this team is that like Aaron Judge is you know there's people who are into his look. Um, Giancarlo Stanton, obviously, like he's a, a good looking guy, but they're too tall. It's like um, the internship that movie where like they get internships at Google. Vince Vaughn. Yeah, have you seen that movie? Yeah, a while ago. So, and then I think it was Owen Wilson goes to quit and work for his brother-in-law, who's Will Ferrell, who owns a mattress store. Okay. And Will Ferrell makes fun of Vince Vaughn for being so tall. And he's like, but you're tall too. And Will Ferrell says, no, no, I'm handsome tall. You're... (laughs) If you walk through an airport, people stop what they're eating to like look freakish at you tall. tall. Like, look and, at the gargantuan. And that's kind of what our guys are. Like, they're too tall. Like, you can't. But, but then you get, like, Chris Bryant, and then we've got, like, a hot guy. And it could be Glaber, but then you're just not going to get the racists with that, you know? But, but Chris Bryant's, like, 6'5", isn't he? That's, not, I think, 6'6". He's six, not six. small. Yeah, but that's handsome tall. 6'5 is handsome tall. See, I, if if I'm if I picked an ideal height for what I would want to be, I would say six four, six three or six four. I feel like when you start getting above six four, you have the you run the risk of becoming awkward with your movements. like freak height. Yeah, but yeah, but like Aaron Judge is a freak in the sense that he's looks like a six two guy trapped in a six seven body because of the way he moves. It's just not normal. Um, I and I because the coordination right there to me, he looks like coordinated. Very coordinated, more so than Stanton. Stanton has some, you know, some awkward things to him. Judge doesn't have those. Yeah, Judge is, it's very surprising how well, like, Judge moves. Right. Yeah, I no, mean, I, he, he's, he's, he's a 6'2 guy in a 6'7 body. So Chris Bryant's 6'5. That's what I said, didn't I? I said 6'5. Yeah, five. you nailed it. I'm Freaking giving you nailed credit. It. That's too yeah. tall. He's like a skinny, lanky 6'5. I don't think that's too tall. He's oh man! You look at his eyes at some point. Um, it, you'll get lost. So I mean, that's we are at the point because we got Garrett Cole. I feel like for all Yankee fans, it's just even though it's again, it's not our money. It wasn't our money with Cole, but like we knew Cole was a real thing that could happen. Now it's just we're all playing fantasy, and I think even the media is because there's nothing really to report. There's nothing to talk about in the Yankees world. So it's like, let's just drum up this Arenado shit. Uh, it got clicks before. I got to tell you, the, the thing, I didn't, I didn't hold anything behind it. I thought it was just exactly that. Until I saw the Vegas odds. When I saw Vegas odds on this and that the Yankees were in front, I was like, wait a minute. Something, something's there. Because if Vegas is putting the odds on the Yankees being the highest, um, you know, obviously that means something, right? That means people are, are either throwing money on it uh, or they know something or, or both. And... That was the only that's the only thing that I'm hanging on to that it seems relatively like something that could happen because if he's if it's if it's a fact that he's going to get traded, he's going to get traded to another team. Right. Yeah. And it, that other team. That's how those work. That The other team has to have something that the Colorado Rockies, you know, want and value and think is desirable. And when you look at what the Yankees have as far as uh, depth of uh, right handed pitching in their in their system. They have a lot of it. They have a lot of guys that that very well could could flash. And, and there's there's guys that you know are like middle ranked, not not as as high. There are some that are high, but they, they it's deep. Um, so they have that, and they also have two guys right now that can play in the major leagues that are basically pieces that they can you know get rid of with no issue. 
Yeah. And I think that's attractive to a lot of teams, especially Colorado, who needs a lot of right-handed young pitching. That's why I, I don't think we're done. I, I, I see a move in spring training because I think you let some guys go out there, rebuild their value, get a couple of, uh, you know, a couple maybe big spring training home runs against double-A pitchers, and then then make a move. You just don't see too many big trades happen at that time, right? Like the, the bigger trades happen either off season, you know, relatively not even late off season is, is a little bit uncommon, but then you start seeing guys at that point, if you're going to hold on to somebody to build value, I don't think you could particularly build enough value to warrant where the two guys, like I'm specifically talking about Frazier and Andujar. I don't think you can build up enough value for those two guys in spring training because a lot of it's smoke and mirrors. You know, well, if that's I, the case, then Greg Bird would have been, you know, a highly valuable asset at, at one point. He was highly valuable, and we should have traded for him. Now he's signing a minor league deal with the Rangers for a spring training invite. But you got at that point, a lot of times people will will hold off and, you know, delay or wait so that they can build a little bit more of that that equity in uh, in the minor leagues or on the major league roster or whatever, and then look at what the available options are at the trade deadline. See, I think when it comes to a, a lot of times that's the case, but I think in Duhor, it's not like he slumped last year. He was just injured. I think Clint, it, it just, you know what he is. He can hit the shit out of the ball, but he can't catch it. And uh, if they can get them just to show, hey, we're healthy, I think the value could be there to get it done. Because I think on the Yankee side, like how long can you sit Clint in the minor leagues for before right. you totally kill all of his value? Before he's just like, He's just a minor leaguer is what, you know, the other teams will say. It's what they're saying about him now. Well, I, I think it depends also, like for me, if these guys, not just health-wise, health wise, but they need to see increased value on the defensive side because now if you don't see that, if you don't see these guys improving on that side of the, uh, of the ball, then you're essentially taking the National League out of play or a lot of National League teams out of play. I was going to say, you don't think Clint, Clint in those Colorado wins is going to be great? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting that that to me I, when I saw the 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 trade or potential, I'm like, man, he's going to struggle out there. But no, you got to build that value up, and I don't think you can do that in in, uh, in spring training. Like they got to show that they could, they're better defenders, because otherwise Cashman's dealing with half of uh, half the teams, and you know, cut that even shorter because he's not going to deal with you know some of the guys that are um, in the yeah. running. Um. Do you care as a soon-to-be 40-year-old man? Uh, do you give a shit that Derek Jeter wasn't unanimous? I mean, not really. There's there's a lot of things I, I care less about today in my life as far as like mundane things that just don't bother me anymore that would have bothered me you know, if I was in my 20s. So this one, no, because it, it doesn't bother me because I kind of expected it. I thought there was maybe a chance that it was going to happen because of Mo, because Mo you know, broke that barrier down and, and like smashed the wall. Now, now there's, you know, nobody else will be the first. So I think people will, it will get in. Um, but I wasn't necessarily mad about it. It was just like, what are you doing? It's a thing that like, thanks to Yankees Twitter. And as I turned 35 in two weeks, um, I do a lot of like reflecting and like, man, I, I would be five years ago. I'd be furious. Like I'd be right. so mad online. I see people so mad online and I'm like, You've got bills to pay. Worry about that. You know, it's just one of those things where you look at, and I've, I've talked about this so many times that that I, I don't get mad about it anymore because the, the Hall of Fame voting just period used to bother me the way that it happened. And it, it, the process still bothers me because it's to me a broken system. 
the way that they, you know, give the votes out, the way that it's actually done, the way that the guys fall off of a ballot X amount of times. So some of these guys are like their reasoning is because they want to keep a guy on the ballot for another year to extend his candidacy. So within the context of the actual voting process, I understand that to a degree because that's the system and, and that's given in front of them. But it's dumb. It doesn't make sense. Vote for the guys you think should be Hall of Famers. And the reason they're doing that is because they know Derek Jeter's going to get in. So why not throw a couple uh, you know, shekels at this guy who may fall off the ballot if he doesn't get three votes? Who probably should fall off the ballot. If should fall do off the that. ballot. Because why are we campaigning for guys who are at the bottom of the barrel? To me, you I, know who the Hall of Famers are and you know who who are not. Yeah, I think there's a very much there's a handful of people throughout like history who are real debate Hall of Famers. It's a pass fail. Yes, no, and you could tell pretty much right away. I agree. It, to me, like when I look at these guys, when I look at the name, if I look at that guy, I'm like, that guy was one of the best hitters of of my generation of his generation. That guy was one of the best defenders of his generation. That guy, you know, whatever the category is, maybe it's multiple categories. I could I could just immediately say, just by that, by looking at their name and knowing whether they are, because we've watched their whole careers at this point. Yeah. You know, when we were younger, maybe we hadn't seen their whole career and we were looking back at numbers and things like that. But at this point now, we've seen everybody's career. So now we can use our own judgment and our own two eyes on who we think is a Hall of Famer. And you have to take into consideration the era, I think, and, and like what's you know, what they played through as far as what the circumstances and the atmosphere was. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, I don't think it's a difficult thing to do. Yeah, no, I think it's, sh- they need to just revamp the whole thing. Just have me do it myself. It would be less controversial. <laughs> the the only sh- thing that I think they need clarity on, honestly, is the whole steroid thing. I feel like there needs to be some kind of a, some kind of clarity on that. Because to me now, it's just, it's very obviously up up for opinion, you know, and how you personally feel about it. And maybe that's maybe that's fine because that's that's your right as a voter. But at the same time, you're looking at these guys and they played in the steroid era and they were f- unbelievable, put up dumb numbers. So you just forget that they existed. I or, think it's weird too because it's not Major League Baseball. Like the Hall of Fame is not run by Major League Baseball at all. So Major League Baseball, who turned a blind eye to the steroids, and I think we all know that they, everyone knew what was going on. They turned a blind eye to it. And then it's just these nerd writers who are deciding who's in the Hall of Fame or not. So it's like these people are going about their business and made decisions whether they were right, wrong. You know, these guys decided to put stuff in their body. We decided to turn a blind eye. But then this third party decides who gets to go into the building that they run. Yeah. Like, why do we care about that? If you really look at it like that, like, why do we care? Yeah, it's, you know, I, I mean, what's your opinion, though, on the, like, do you think that that should play into it? The, the steroids or they should be looking at the numbers or. Barry Bonds is the best baseball in? player of all time. Barry Bonds should be best, in the Hall of Fame. Best one I've ever seen. Roger Clemens, Roger Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but I, at the same time, I, I, I do think that if they should get in because of what they were. Because there's, there's plenty of guys that didn't get caught or maybe aren't, you know, suspect, um, ha, uh, suspicions of them being steroids that are steroid users. Like, there's, there are steroid users in the Hall of Fame today. I guarantee it. Yeah. And, and when you see that and you know that, because I think most people know that, then you should be letting in all of them. But there should be a categorization of those guys and there should be something on there. should be some kind of a black mark. 
I don't know that's even a black mark. Like, you just know who they are. Like, that. it's just a thing that's always, uh, like, if they put Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, no one's ever not going to associate with him with steroids, regardless. Well, you don't know what's going to happen in 100 years. That's the thing. Like, that, you have to think about the history. The game and, will be dead. But why the history of ba- the history of baseball, and I love baseball, but it's just so tarnished. It's the reason that we can't get rid of the 2017 championship. Even though all signs point to you should strip them of their championship, most other leagues would look in some way at doing that. But we just took the, we took the, the asterisk off uh, Maris, and then we let McGuire and Sosa pump themselves full of steroids. Like, our history is racism. Our history is, yeah. like, abusing women. Ty Cobb killed people and fed their bodies to the hogs on his farm. Like, we're a bad sport of evil people when it comes to our history. Why not just, like, let these guys in? It's, it's, I mean, it's true. When you think about the, the, the differences in the eras, and that's what gets it to me. Like, you, look at, you think of the different eras. They're all so different. I mean, <laughs> for a long time, the best baseball players in the world couldn't play in the Major League Baseball. Because they were black or the skin of their color, the, the color of their skin or whatever it was. They just, they could they weren't allowed to play. Yet they were superior athletes, probably, you know, doing, they were doing um, fant- like amazing things in the Negro Leagues. And you saw some of the, even the, in the Dominican Leagues and the Mexican Leagues and the Cuban Leagues. Like these guys are some of the best baseball players on the planet. And they couldn't play in Major League Baseball because it was, uh, you know, a white man's game. And they weren't allowed in. So how are those guys putting up the numbers against their fellow guys that were all allowed in, but not against the best guys who should have been playing, put up great numbers? How do you let them in? Because you don't. They weren't playing against the best talent. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. It, the whole thing is like kind of screwed up. I, it's almost like they need to bring in like a Deloitte or someone to just like revamp, like bringing consultants to revamp the Hall of Fame. Because there is, like, there's a steroid-like exhibit. Like, there's a big thing that talks about how many years, like, the steroid era and all of it. And so whether you or not you put something, like, on the guy's plaque, people know about the steroid era. You see the numbers on the plaque. And, like, there it is. Yeah. I, I just think you got to let them in. So I know you've got to go soon. I appreciate you giving me the time. But we've got to run through some lightning-ish round stuff. Because I, right. I just want to get your perspective as an older gentleman how's it feel knowing you're about shut, to be 40 shut the fuck uh it is it's it is what it is you know it, it, i don't feel it so it's one of those things where your body is and your 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 uh you know you're celebrating these birthdays that come every single year you can't stop them they just they continuously come if you're lucky and i don't feel it i don't, I don't know what to tell you is that i i don't feel what i think would i'm supposed to feel or at least what i thought was uh, you know, you're supposed to feel at that age. So um, it's weird. It's very strange to me because when I think back at my childhood, like my mom is 40. 40 was a billion years old. Right. And I always, for whatever reason, I have this like entrenched vision of my mom growing up at the age of 40 for some reason. Like it's ingrained in my head. And the fact that it's coming up for me is weird. There's, I saw like a, one of those like listicles or like slideshow things. I just clicked on stupidly on the internet and it was showing like just people in this 60s, 70s, 80s, and even like 90s where it's like, oh, here's a famous person. They were 36 right here and they look a billion years old. Right. Science is on our side. 
I agree like with that. Just like the steroid users. I want to get into some steroids. Like, not to get bigger. Like, whatever Joe Rogan takes. Like, HGH and stem cell. Just fill me up with it. Have you seen that uh, that documentary on Netflix about the uh, cyclist who went... Who I have went, not. Oh, man. It's so good. I, I heard it's good. I'm forgetting the name of it now. But... Go look it up. I forget the name of it. It's it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. It's crazy because they're recording the entire documenting the entire thing of when he starts the cycles and then gets into them and like how it's affecting his body. How because then it gets it gets all into like the guy in the Russian uh, in Russia who was helping him co- with these cocktails and how like he gets mixed up with the Russian government it's just wild it's a wild wild thing i I think it was one of those ones that like actually uncovered a lot of what happened with the olympic team with russia and why they're no longer in uh in competition like a lot of the stuff was uncovered and there were people like uh, these guys were definitely scared for their lives like legit it's crazy i just think like a lot of celebrities take like you know, stem cell and all sorts of shit like that. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm getting into a certain tax bracket where I feel like maybe I should be doing that. Um, so give me your Mount Rushmore of your, of Yankees. Who are your favorites? They don't have to be the best. Just whoever you are. Like, who are your guys? Um, Don Mattingly is, uh, is, is probably at the top. Derek Jeter is at the top. Um, when I think of like new, like I, I love Aaron Judge. I think Aaron Judge is embodies everything positive about the New York Yankees. I love the way he acts. I love the way he acts on the field, off the field. Like I really, uh, I, I really am drawn to that. And then um, fourth, like it would probably be one of the one of the guys from the '90s teams, um, Bernie Williams, probably. Bernie Williams, huh? Yeah, I would say Bernie. I haven't gotten um, Bernie on here before. No yeah, said I, like Mo, I mean, Mo would probably be an easy answer, but um, no. I mean, but you have those guys who like, like Paul O'Neill always stood out to me. Yeah, like that's my guy. I I always I always saw Bernie Williams when he first started, and this guy running in center field wearing those squared up frame glasses, like just the yeah. glasses, not the rec specs, but the glasses. And I'm like, who is this guy? How is he playing professional sports? And he was just so smooth in everything that he did. Um, and just, you know, I like people that don't, that just shut up and go and play. Like I, I do like those people. They, um, they do their jobs the right way. They, they compete very hard and give everything they got to give on the field. I love those guys. So like me not saying some of these other guys like Mo or O'Neal, not, I mean like they're right there. It's, so it's, it's very difficult for me to put a top four. That's the idea of the question. I understand <laughs> that. That's why I gave you top. That's why I gave you four. But the other uh, guys that I didn't name are like very close. What's your uh, favorite Yankee memory? Like you could have been there, you could be anywhere. Like for me, it's just '96, being on the top of the world when Hayes catches that, and like at 12, 11 years old, just being like, "This is what we cheer for." I'm the best fan ever. We're the best. Is for me. What is it for you? So two two moments are, are definitely stand out. The one when I was online for those tickets in '96 at Yankee Stadium, and I was around. Uh, we, we ended up, we decided we were going to go at like midnight and we, we, uh, we, we cut out and went into the Bronx and waited online. That was when the line went around the stadium twice. And then it went into some of the practice fields and was like barricaded around there a few times. And what were you a junior in college at the time? <laughs> no, no, I'm I was, kidding. Uh, I was oh, I'm Jesus kidding. Christ. I'm kidding. Um, then, uh, 
what was I going to say? Oh, then at like three in the morning, that was like whatever time it was, there was a, uh, like a, a riot broke out and people were going nuts and trying to like break into the, like dodge into the line. And there were cops with like nightsticks, like beating the crap. I remember that. And we were, we were like, you know, I was 16 years old trying to like not get hit by the stick and, and, uh, and I'm probably exaggerating this, but like get on, get better my position in line. Like ultimate goal, shit hit the fan. It was chaos. Get higher in line. Cause I was really far back at that point. And this was like, you either phone called it, called in, which was always a busy signal. Cause that was a thing. Or you waited online, like straight up at tower records for Dave Matthews tickets. That's yeah. what this was. And so we actually improved our line uh, status. And I think it like, I don't know what time it was. It was in the morning that the sun was up. I was on River Ave. I could see the the box office and they and they got sold out of tickets. I didn't get and I never got tickets. Wow. So I was eleven and I wanted to go stand in line and my dad told me no. Um, so we didn't. And then I tried I tried the phone route. So we were just calling all day. It was just you know and nineteen ninety six, I feel like just having a phone that had a redial button was fairly new. No, that's true. And so we were just hit redial all day. My grandmother was a florist in New Rochelle, and she was trying to call me all day. She couldn't get through. They had a delivery to Joe Torrey's house. Oh, so right. You've, like, you've, you've mentioned the story to me. And yeah. I just, like, missed my opportunity there. So I know you got to go, so I'm going to give you one more question because we got to hit this one. I got to give you the other answer, though. Oh, okay. Go ahead. There's, there were two. I, I got a few as more long, As long as you got time. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. The... um. So the other one was, it's funny because the, the memories that stick out the most are not like at the stadium. They're, they're, they're just not. When I was in college, I drank a lot. And that's when I was You're in college. You're so cool. You're so edgy. I was in college from 98, uh, you know, basically through the, the, the good years of, um, you know, a lot of the championships. Obviously, 96, uh, I, was in, uh, I was in high school. And then, so I remember... Whatever game the um, the Aaron Boone the two thousand four um, two thousand four home run I had a we had a like f- f- fraternity flag football was a big deal it was a big deal and the intramural league we had like a championship game or something like that a playoff game something that I could not miss and the game was on and my girlfriend at the time had to record the game on a on a VHS this is like dinosaur shit yeah and we're so she had to do that while we were at the game like you're like we're you're not allowed to come to the game you have to record this because there were like four of us that were playing in the game that were basically telling everybody to just nobody's allowed to talk to us and we were gonna hightail our asses to um, her apartment and watch the game to her credit the tape ran out before the home run happened and she went in and put another tape in like to me, I'm looking back. I'm like, that was unbelievable. I would have fully expected to so just walk it. away, hit record, and walk away. Yeah, yeah. No, tape was on. So good on her. Um, but yeah, I remember there. I was watching it with like three of my boys. Uh, two of them were are big Red Sox fans from New Hampshire, and um, yeah, we 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 saw it. We had no idea. We it wasn't live, but it basically was live, and uh, and we went apeshit when when Aaron Boone hit that home run, and I. And I didn't shut up for like a solid, a, a solid eight months. Just didn't it, shut up. Back when it was like, it'd be impossible to avoid what happens in a big game now. Yeah. Like just, there's just no way to do it. No, uh, no it's impossible. You can't do it unless you just, you, well, you have to turn off your phone and then not make eye contact with anybody and <laughs> like, put in earplugs. 
<laughs> you have to just not be wherever it is that you'd have to be to not watch it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's too many so grenades at that point. This is this is the popular question for everyone. Everyone seems to like this one. You get in at bat for the New York Yankees. What is your walk-up song? Um, it's going to be Springsteen. It's going to be oh, a. Uh, cool. It's going to be a Springsteen. I forgot your Jersey garbage. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is. I'm a. I'm a. I'm very. Uh, very typical in the sense that I absolutely love Bruce Springsteen. I do. Just he's pandering. A, he's it's just a, pandering. He's a God. But it's I think pandering. the song. The song will probably be different than a lot of people. I would. I would pick. Um, uh, Tenth Avenue Freeze Out. I Don't even know what that is. I love that song because it's it's a song where they introduce all the band and Clarence goes nuts. And I'll shed a tear right now if we talk about Clarence too much. Um, is he dead? It's a great song. Yes, he died years ago. Oh, so it was just obviously Christmas and my uh, and he plays the saxophone, Clarence, right? He did, yeah. And I only know that because my wife has a like Christmas playlist on her phone. And everywhere we drive for the month of December, it's like on. And uh, he has the one song where he's like, Clarence, you've been real good. Yeah. You've been hoping Santa bring your new saxophone. You've been playing. You've been, you've been practicing real hard. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, I know it. <laughs> and then, yeah, every time that song comes on, then I'm just like, you better watch out for funnel cakes. Because he's just pandering the New Jersey people who have been on the turnpike one time. Yeah, it's um, he's a parkway guy, not the turnpike, but. You know, the the thing is... He lives is in Rumson, New Jersey. He's a genius, okay? He's a lyrical genius. And when you look at... He doesn't even write the songs, lyrical genius. He did. He wrote a lot of the songs. They were ballads. They were... The, the, uh, the songs that he wrote... Tom Waits of, wrote Jersey Girl. Some of the... Some of the... Uh, some of the... Look, a lot of... They wrote a lot of them. Some of them were together. Some of them were, were, were ones that he um, orchestrated together. But they're just they're just brilliant. Com- they're, they're compositions. They're brilliant. <laughs> okay, I've had a nerve with you here, New Jersey people. That's the easiest way. The two easiest ways to trigger Jersey people are uh, criticize Springsteen or just get into a pork roll Taylor Ham debate. That one's stupid. That one doesn't even bother me because I didn't even know what pork roll was. Well, it's. What Taylor Ham is? Taylor Ham's a brand. I know. I know what it is now. It's like saying I, mean, I don't know what Post-it notes are. My, my 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 point is is that that word never existed to me in my growing up in Bergen County. It was always Taylor Ham. I never somebody said pork roll to me for the first time, honestly, when I was down in Virginia. And my wife's family is from New Jersey. She was born in Point Pleasant. She, uh, her family is from cent- Central Jersey, around like New Brunswick area, Manville, and they called it pork roll. And I think when they said it to me one time, I was like, I don't know what that is. That looks like spam. Is pork roll spam? Had you never seen Taylor Ham just eating it? I had. It was just in the delis. I, All right. I would get Taylor Ham from the deli. Okay. That's how it happened. It was a Taylor Ham and cheese. See, but I got you fired up a little bit. You're like, that's nah, a yeah. stupid, that's a stupid one. But you could go on for another ten minutes if I let you. I didn't because I, I just didn't know what it was, so I didn't, I didn't understand the, the debate. So, are, are we doing all our pregames at Billy's again this year? I think so. That's our favorite pregame spot. Those are questions I normally ask. You don't feel like in a hurry to get off this call. Like I was rushing because I knew I know you, you were. Something. I know you were, and I, 
I have like 10 more minutes if you want to keep going. Oh, you got 10 minutes. Oh, man, we could talk about so much more. This is such a choppy podcast for everyone, but I think they enjoy it. <laughs> That's okay. I think the, the off-season stuff. Look, if you want to hear all the breakdowns of the non-existent news, uh, the things that we've, we've been doing since Cole, which has been nothing really, not a lot, but we've been regurgitating it and talking about it in depth. Go to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, download, yeah. subscribe. Andrew and I talk about it. JJ's even on there talking about it. I get mad about a lot of things because they they I do get triggered when when I when I am uh, when I talk about the Astros a lot of Astros talk because they piss me off I'm really sick of talking about them I wish the story would die it's not going to die but they do they piss me off it, it's the arrogance of what they did bothers me and it still bothers me so, so it's Tuesday evening yeah uh, so who knows this could come out tonight or what you know the whatever the news is but have you seen the Chris Young thing. I saw a little bit of it. It seems like it's nothing new, though. It's just it's regurgitated. So stupid. It's so stupid, and I have Carabas just texting me like, I'm about to drop a bomb on the Yankees. Like, you're not going to break any fucking news. Some news is maybe going to break, and you're going to be like, I had that earlier, because that's what we all do. Right. Well, it's re- it's it's regurgitated information, right? It's This is like, and it wasn't even accurate from what I saw. Like Peter Gammons is saying things, and now Carabas was obviously saying things, so I don't know. Whatever. The whole, the whole, the whole... It, they're very different to, to me when you're talking about the way that the, even the Red Sox, like I didn't even get mad that the Red Sox did what they did because I just kind of expected that to happen. The audacity and the arrogance to go and, and, and then put a camera to do it live. That's, that's where you get me. That's I feel just me. stabbed in the back by like Carlos Beltran and Brian McCann, like guys who were Yankees who went and did that. Like we cheered yeah. for you. We were happy. Like I would, when they won the world series, I hated losing the ALCS, obviously, but when the World Series is over a week later, I was like, ah, good for those guys. They got a ring. Now, fuck them. Oh, yeah, they're dead. The The thing is, is that they did take that, or they were involved, obviously, Beltran to a more extent, at least that we know of. Who the, who the hell knows? Um, but I think they were all very much involved personally. But um, Do you yeah, think you these know, guys work again? Like, do you think Beltron gets yes. a, a shot oh, at being a manager? I think all the baseball guys will work again. I think the G- the GM is probably done. He's probably going to be – he's exiled to the corporate world, which he'll make more money. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. He's going to make a ton more money. But and I think all these other guys will, will get jobs again at some point. I think Hinch is just too young. Like, he's 45. He's got to work. He's Beltron's going to get a job. Cora's going to get a job. They're all going to get jobs. Because one thing you know is that baseball guys hire their friends. That happens all the time. So – Cora and Beltron, very well connected in baseball. Uh, Cora is, you know, they they all have a lot of friends in baseball. Someone's going to bring them on as somebody on their staff, I think. If not, uh, you and I talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, but easily I could see a college program coming into one of them if they wanted to just get back in baseball and bringing them on for the names for the namesake alone. What do you think Cora's penalty is going to be? I don't know. I'm very. I mean, from what they say, that there's no other. Nothing else is going to come about from what the red, from what they found out about the Red Sox. I can't see it being any more um, than what Hinch is. I I would assume it would be similar, if not exactly the same. I think if it was going to be exactly the same, they would have done something already. I just don't know how you could separate them at this point. You know, like okay, they're saying that Hinch vehemently denied like said no but then in some of the reports are like oh he didn't say actually verbally no but he broke tvs and said like he shakes his fist in a in a 
in a, um, you know, in a way that says, I disagree with this. Like, wh- what are we doing? They all knew. They were all complacent. They were all involved. They were all doing it. Why, why is one different than the other? One was complacent. Then the other or- organized it. Well, one looked the other way in the clubhouse, walked past the, the um, monitors, and the other one put the monitors up. It's the same yeah. thing. I'm ready for pitchers and catchers because I think with the team that we have and, you know, Cole obviously being – you know, a huge addition, but just in general, the health, I think a lot of these guys are focusing on their health a lot more than we've seen. I mean, I've seen the Luke Voigt's in the best shape of his life. I've seen the Mike Voigt's in the Mike Voigt's in the best shape of his life. Uh, Mike Ford, sorry. Mike Voigt. Best, we're just yeah. going to, let's just take them both, make it a switch header. Honestly, that. like we have too many guys. We might as well just fucking do it. <laughs> but like, you know, you see Glaber and Duhor working out a lot together the whole off season. Um, like I'm just excited to like let's just get there. Let's I, I'm excited for our spring training trip because it's kind of, it's late in spring training, so like the games don't even really matter. Like I've already I would have seen enough. You know, I will watch the first couple spring training games and be like, great, now I've seen enough. I know what these guys have or don't have, as if it matters at all, and then just go down the spring training, have a good time, just you know, be in warm weather and just be out there like hearing the crack of the bat. Yeah, that's the thing, right? You want to get into that zone. You want to you want to you want to feel the the sun uh watch these guys uh, playing a little ball. You know, it's fun. You just want to to me I'm looking for these guys getting through spring healthy. No no dumb fluky injuries like let's just get your reps in, do what you got to do. I don't care if you hit, you know, a buck 89 in spring. I don't care. I don't care if your ERA is 6. I don't give a shit. Just be healthy. Care. Just get be out healthy. Of there. That's it. And then I look forward to like the, what gets me through spring. What I, I do enjoy is watching the young guys come up and play. Um, that's that's fun to watch for me because I like seeing some of these young guys and just checking them out and scouting them and stuff. It's fun. There was, I think it was maybe like two years ago, sixteen, we won- seventeen, when all those guys were. But we also we won. There were a couple of games. We won like the first two games on walk offs. But it's yeah. like you know, it's the the ninth, tenth inning. There's no one. There, no one is going to play, but just like seeing those guys get excited, yeah, it's like let's go, good for you guys, yeah, yeah, no, that's fun. When it's when it's the younger guys, like you've seen enough of the of the other guys, they got their reps in, and now you're just looking at development and, and some of these other guys, and that's one of my favorite parts of baseball. Period is watching young guys develop and like seeing how they are, and um, just getting excited for what they could potentially be. So that's so, that's fun. So if you're going to be down in Tampa the weekend of the 13th and 14th of uh, March. On the 13th, it's a Friday night game. We're just going to be there, just hanging out. Uh, we're sitting in right field, correct? Yeah, we have, uh, I think, 20-some 20, 20 tickets in, in right field um, in those rows out there. Nice. So we'll be yeah. out there. Come by, hang out. I'll be filming stadium meets. Maybe Scott will be on the first episode again this year. Maybe I'll keep my shirt on this year. We'll see. We're, um, all, hope- we're all hoping. Fingers crossed. No, dude, I've been dieting. Don't act like yeah, you haven't been I feel complimenting like me. I feel like it's going to be out the window. You just went to Vegas, like, a, you know. I went out to Vegas, and now it's like all like all hands on deck. We've got to repair this body, and I'm having knee surgery in two weeks. So, which means you're not going to be moving a lot, which is not a great thing. No, which means because uh, I walk out the same day. It's just a meniscus, but it means that I'm in physical therapy. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting pushed to do things that maybe I wouldn't. So what? It's just a meniscus, huh? Yeah, sounds I've done like the that, ACL Sounds like that twice. could be full. Sounds like that could be uh, full strength within a month. 
They're saying five, six weeks. I mm. specifically have been told that I shouldn't play butts up in oh, Tampa. I, I feel like it's very this, – this timetable is a little convenient because I was really looking forward to this. So we'll see. Maybe you should just push yourself and like let's. Why don't you? Why don't you be Didi Gregorius and actually you know work ahead of schedule? Maybe I'll bring. A, maybe I'll bring a, a hard knee brace. We'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling by then. I'll have the tennis ball. Well, we'll throw that <laughs> over the fence and play with a blue ball. <laughs> Other Yankee dates are on the BronxPinstripes.com shop. Go check that out. Uh, our first event is May 9th. You should be there. It's a four o'clock. May 9th game against the Boston Red Sox on a it, Saturday on a Saturday. The weather is beautiful. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's the Red Sox. It's four o'clock. So if you're younger, you don't have to get up and be like, oh, you know, I was out all night. Now I got to get up and drag my ass to the stadium. Nope. Roll into Billy's at like two o'clock. We'll be there hanging out. It's going to be a great time. It's Mother's Day weekend. You bring your mom. She can hear me say fuck a lot of times in section 205. That'll be a great treat for her. So Go get your tickets. Come out to that. We have other events on there. I don't know the dates off the top of my head. We got an event on June 13th in Trenton. Yep. That one's going to be a lot of fun down in Trenton. We're doing a whole bunch of stuff with that one, too. Um, we're going to have some interaction. We've got people who come from our section are going to be able to do some of the uh, you know in-between inning games. Dizzy bats games. and whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. You get to meet um, Rookie, the dog. Do, we're doing some picture ops of Rookie and doing a tailgate. Uh, beforehand in the in the back lot and then um, and then we'll all be able to get on the field post game take a big group picture so get a t-shirt with all of our events including that one Um, yeah that one's gonna be a lot of fun it's cheap it's like what did I put it at 29 bucks I think it's really cheap and you get a whole bunch of stuff with it it's gonna be a good time so come out to the events come meet us next week we really hit the ground running here Nick Kirby his first full episode uh, as a full-time host i'm very excited about that because we'll be in person he's coming over to my house i think my wife's just gonna have to start making him dinner on tuesdays that's a good idea like that i like that yeah it could be nice i told well i told them uh eventually we'll just start expensing dinner (laughs) and we'll be able to do that if you check out our sponsor for this week betonline.ag scott i appreciate the time it's been a real blast yeah man it was fun we'll see you uh we'll see you soon at yes. the uh, at spring training, the Sailor yes. Jerry's house. Yes. And for everyone else, if I don't see you there, I don't see you May 9th, I don't see you June 13th, I don't see you at all the other events that you should be coming to, and if you're not coming to, honestly, I think you're dumb. I'll see you at the parade.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.